let's be real. Home is the place where all of the beautiful goodness Christ taught crashes headfirst into the ugly brick wall that is real life. But this is also where it starts to really matter. This is where we equip ourselves and our family with all of the tools, skills, and whatchamacallits vital to succeed in Christ. Join us in our journey to find light, positivity, and specific practical ways to make our homes little outposts of heaven so we can better brighten wherever we end up wandering. Hey, welcome to Outpost of Heaven. I'm Emily. I'm Andrew. And today we have James, our friend, with us. Um, he's visiting us in Utah from Virginia. Hello. Yes, it's very good to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So as soon as we heard that he was coming out, we decided we have to make this as advantageous to us as possible. Yeah, because so. he's got a lot of great insight to share, and we are going to be talking about all of that. So let's talk about James. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait. Yeah. Oh, uh, can I go? Yeah, you okay. talk. <laughs> so we want to talk about James for just a little second. Um, so James is 25. Five? 25. 25. 25. Yes. 25. So he's 25. He's from Virginia. Yes. From Northern Virginia. You Northern have to specify. Virginia. Very different. Really? Yes, you do. Yeah. It's okay. very different from right, Southern Virginia. So he's Virginia. from Northern Virginia. Uh, and I'm just going to go with that. What, what else what do you want to say about yourself? Have? Um, so I love I love being outdoors, which has been great out in Utah. So many mountains out here. So I love I love outdoors. I love studying philosophy, studying studying people's beliefs. That's perfect. Those are my biggest hobbies, I would say. Great. So now we're gonna move on to Poe Buddy's Nerfect. And Andrew oh, no. has yeah, Andrew has one, and James has one. Yeah, so and so I get to just laugh. Yeah. <laughs> all right, I will go first to make James feel a little more comfortable before he embarrasses himself in front of all of you wonderful people. Uh, so mine harkens back to my younger years in the land down underneath Arkansas and Louisiana. So down under. <laughs> so I I remember there was one time I found a really big stick, and like any good eight year old boy, I picked up the stick, and. I was walking around with a stick thinking, what can I do with this stick? And then I saw like a, um, I think it was a soccer ball or something like that. And I decided I was going to throw it up and try and hit the stick or hit the ball with the stick like a bat. Or yeah, use the stick like a big bat. But the stick was so big and I was so tiny that when I was holding the stick, the only way I could hold it up was I had to like rest part of it on my elbow and then it went three feet behind me. (laughs) I mean, it was pretty big. And so I I picked up the stick and I I had it like, you know, three feet behind me. So it was way, way out there. And then I threw up the ball and I swung the stick as hard as I could. But I didn't realize that, like, the back half of the stick was going to swing right into my chest. <laughs> and so I hit myself in the ribs and knocked the air completely out of me. And I rolled on the ground for literally, like, five minutes because I couldn't breathe. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, I don't think I've ever told that story to anybody, actually. Yeah, I've never heard that. But I think I was really embarrassed as a little eight-year-old. I was like, Why, Why? are you so embarrassed about it, Because I was like, I should have known that if I hit myself in the chest, <laughs> I'm going to, it's going to hurt. Like... <laughs> I don't know. Well, you didn't laugh that much, so hopefully it is actually funny. It's okay. (laughs) Okay. All right, James, you're up. So my my moment also goes back to childhood. I don't think I've ever told this story either, but I remember I had to be like... Secrets. You know, somewhere between five and seven in that age. I don't really remember exactly what, but I remember my whole family was on vacation in New York, and we were walking around the park, and I remember just begging all day to just stop. I really wanted to go on the seesaw with my older brother. Don't know why. That's just what I wanted to do at the time. And we finally get to go. And maybe it was because I was so small. This seesaw just looked gigantic. 
Um, and we were, we were going and we were going in. I was, I was a very ADD child, so I kind of forgot where I was or what I was doing. And I happened to be on the ground at the time. <laughs> and my brother was all the way up in the air. And I just remember just being over the seesaw and getting up. And he just went crashing on the ground. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it was... I mean, we could laugh about it now, but it was pretty bad. <laughs> Why? Got in a little bit of trouble for that one. I can't even imagine. Did you go flying? Uh, no, he went flying. I was flying. Oh, yeah, she, I, she, I, like, I kind of turned around then. Yes, he was like on the ground and, he, and James stepped off. Oh, gotcha, then, gotcha. Yeah. Well, yeah, my hurts. day was pretty fine. But that is, his, that's funny. That is like a... His not so much. Like a way to ruin your rear. It hurts. <laughs> it is like a rear buster. <laughs> rear buster. A rear buster. <laughs> he turned out okay. That's good. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's get into the meaty part of our, our discussion. So. Yeah. So today we want to talk a lot about um, combining your previous culture or like your own culture with the culture of Christ. And by and that, we don't mean like diluting the culture of Christ. We mean like taking the culture of Christ and seeing how your culture, how your personal culture or existing culture fits into that. Like meshing the two together. Yeah. And James is an awesome example of that, and he has a lot of good content to share. But first, let's read a really good quote. It's um, going to kind of set up our discussion. Yeah. So I'll, I'll go ahead and read it. It's I'm pretty positive, like 99% sure it's from Richard G. Scott. And he says, we're national... Tr- if I could read. That's exactly what it says. <laughs> or national... <No. laughs> Where national traditions or customs conflict with the teachings of God, set them aside. Where traditions and customs are in harmony with his teachings, they should be cherished. Yeah, so it's a really cool idea because what it's saying is there are parts of everyone's existing culture that are good. Right, and, and, and that's what we want to focus on, too, like in Outposts of Heaven. What we're doing is we're not just, like, bashing all of the bad things and, like, telling everybody to... Like, I don't know, repent, which, yeah. I mean, is a good thing. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we want to focus on the good that everyone has to bring to the table. And that's, that's what we're yeah. doing. And another cool thing about this quote is it shows that the culture of Christ is not as um, homogenous as we might suspect. Like, there's not, like, one, like, generic culture of Christ that everyone has to mold into. Like, cu- the culture of Christ is very... Um, I say it's like if there if the custom if your cultural customs don't conflict with any part of the gospel, you can bring them in, and it enriches the body of Christ even more, and so it allows for us to all have kind of like a different culture while still being all part of the culture of Christ. That makes sense. Yeah, perfect. Okay, well, James, why don't you tell us a little bit about your story and why we brought you on? Uh, yeah, so a little bit, bit about me. I kind of grew up in a, a secular environment. Church was never really, never really the center of the household. I had a, I had a pretty good childhood, um, but it just there was no spiritual aspect that was really being incorporated. And then through life and different trials, and I was kind of humbled and brought to a place where I, I. That's where I found Christ. Just I knew, I knew that in my heart that there was a savior and that he died for my sins. And as I began to study the Bible, it just, it just changed my life. So as I, as I grew closer, um, at first I was very, 
I'm very stubborn. So in the beginning of my spiritual journey, I was, I can do this all by myself. I don't need to go to church. I don't need any help. Stubborn might be an understatement for describing James. Yeah. So, so I was not, I was not in the mood to, to kind of seek out a community and, and be involved in a church. I, I can do this all by my, all by myself. I can, I can be more like Jesus with, without anybody's help. But as I got a little further into my into my studies, I started to realize that's not what the Savior had in mind. We're su- we're supposed to sharpen each other, and I realized kind of how selfish I was being by not by not being a part of God's community. So I started going to church, and there, there's more we can get into with that of finding finding where I where I belong in in God's community. But that's kind of my story um, of how I came to came to Christ. Awesome. Yeah. I love what you said about how we're meant to sharpen each other. Like, I think that's so, yeah. that's like a little gem. Yeah. Iron sharpens iron. Yeah. That's a good one. So, um, as you started going through this process of joining a, a community of believers, um, and being converted in general and coming closer to Christ, right. uh, how, what was the process like for you as you were deciding what aspects of your existing culture and experience were compatible with Christ or with Christ's culture and which aspects were not. So walk me through that, that process. That's a, that's a great question. It, it can be really hard, especially when you have, when you're, when you have nowhere that you're coming from to kind of discern because you kind of start to think that when you take certain things that you were doing that are out of line with the, the teachings of the gospel, it's kind of easy, easy to be hard on yourself with everything you do. That's why I love the topic that we're discussing today. I, I feel like any kind of self-focused hobby or thing that we do that we enjoy, we can kind of start to feel guilty about. But I think I think there's a way uh, for anything that you enjoy to, to use it for the good of the kingdom of God. So um, for me, like, I love music. I could I could um, spend hours playing my guitar, or just listening to music, and it can become, especially if you have more of an introverted personality, kind of like kind of like I do. It can be it can be easy to kind of get trapped in yourself. But you know, there's all that's just one example of a hobby that you can you can find other believers who have the same hobby, and you know that's 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 a form of of expression that touches a lot of people is music. So if you use and that can be any form of art or any hobby that you have, it can be it can be used for the greater good. So I think we need to not be too hard on ourselves in the way that we spend our time unless it's something that explicitly goes against what we need to be doing. Yeah, I like this idea of uh if it's not explicit I mean if it's not anti Christ, if it's not working against his gospel, um, then in most cases it's probably a good thing. And if we incorporate it into our relationship with Christ and into our relationship with other believers, it can be a big benefit to us. Like you said, that you can find other uh, other believers who have similar interests, and you're able to you know work on. You're able to kind of come closer together and come closer to Christ at the same time. Mm-hmm. Have you found that um, in bringing those positive things over, like in meshing those cultures, that those positive aspects were strengthened? And not just kind of shifted over. Yeah, I would think sense. so. I think again, there's kind of two sides to everything. So mm-hmm. I think you you can go in either direction. But I think when you when you take the take the things that you do enjoy and you you find you find ways to to put it 
to put it to use, it can it can strengthen you and it can strengthen others. So okay. I definitely right. think so. And uh, I, oh. oh, you had it. <laughs> okay, Jinx. Um, I think too that like Heavenly Father sees our efforts in like if we want to use our hobbies to strengthen others and to strengthen the kingdom, He sees that effort, and I think He'll strengthen our our effort or our like talent in that certain hobby too. Yeah, and I think even more. This is kind of a cool idea of. Uh, hobbies being able to be used for Christ's work mm-hmm. um, because if we consecrate things or by consecrate I mean like if we we tell Heavenly Father and we act on this this idea that this hobby or this skill or whatnot is is given to our Father in heaven and then we are willing to use it to further his work then something that could be, kind of amoral, like not have any moral value or, or any value either way, whether positive or negative, becomes good. So like video games, for example, like I don't think video games are, are necessarily inherently morally good or morally bad. Uh, but if you, there have been times where I've had friends who I knew needed attention um, and I knew that they needed a person to talk to and the way that they relaxed and the way that they felt comfortable was playing video games. And so I'd play video games with them by uh, taking something like video games, which is largely amoral, I think, uh, and trying to, I tried to help somebody and basically tried to, I consecrated that, that skill or that hobby. Um, it was able to become something positive. And so a lot of things that we don't think of as being necessarily positive and good uh, can become so when we devote them to Christ. Yeah, I like that. I was also thinking of the concept of good, better, best, uh-huh. and that you can use any, um, really anything, you can use it wrong or you can use it good, better, and best. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I feel like that just sums up what I had to say. I don't have anything else to add to that comment. That's it. <laughs> I kind of stink at the whole talking Well, thing. What, do you, what do you think? Is there wait, the whole process of repentance? And James and I were talking about this earlier today, actually. So repentance really is the process. Or So sinning is missing the mark, right? And it doesn't matter how we're missing the mark. It means like we're not on target. And if the target is the gospel of Jesus Christ, anytime we have an aspect of our life that's not completely in line with with the gospel of Jesus Christ, we need to be changing that, a.k.a. repenting. Um, so, in your life, sweetheart, yeah, dearest, yeah. darling, okay. uh, how do you find those things that are um, wrong in your life, or that those aspects of your life that are missing the target, but aren't necessarily like one of the Ten Commandments, like one of the obvious commandments that you're doing wrong? Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. Like every day, <laughs> uh, like with being a mom, I feel like I lose my patience often, and I feel like there's no commandment that is like "thou shalt be patient in all things." But uh, I feel I feel like I've held myself to that standard, and um, kind of like James was saying, when you take something that you're really interested in, and like you, you almost like hold yourself to that standard, and beating yourself up isn't the right thing to do. But just knowing that you can continually be getting better mm-hmm. um and i forgot your question yeah. but how do but, you, how do you identify those oh. bad things in your life, or those like things that are off target in your life well with the patience one i feel like it's right in my face all the time um 
But I think just, just continuing, continually being, trying to be close to the spirit will help you know what, what's off. Yeah, I, feel like. I think so too. Yeah. Like, I feel like there's no specific way to know, but the closer you are to the spirit, you can feel it when you're off. Yeah. Well, I, I think I'm going to share how I think the spirit tells me when something's off in my life. And then I'm going to ask James to do the same. So be thinking about it, James. Okay. I will be. <laughs> okay. So I, I think in my life, uh, when the spirit wants to tell me something's off, uh, I, I, I guess it's totally different. I mean, there are different times in, in life and like different seasons. And I think the Lord speaks to us differently in different seasons of our lives. Uh, but recently it's mostly, um, I feel like subtly reminded, uh, in, of, my weaknesses or of of those shortcomings, I guess, uh, in moments where I am especially at peace, um, and so when I'm in a good place and I can receive that that chasten, chastening 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 uh, in a or good chastisement chastisement in a good healthy way. Um, so it's whether I'm at church or whether I'm doing service or whether I'm reading my scriptures or. I've gone to the temple or things like that. Uh, when I'm in those moments of being extra spiritual, uh, I find myself remembering or I ha- find aspects of my life being brought to my mind uh, mm-hmm. in a gentle chastisement kind of way. <laughs> right. Okay. So I feel like I've I found my thought. Okay. Let's hear so, it. I mean, I really like what you had to say, too. Um, <laughs> but no way. Wasn't was good like, enough. Oh, got it. Like I get what your question is. So I feel like the spirit speaks to me like almost after I've already messed up, and it's more like a, like his like voice. in the moment kind of thing. Like in the right moment, after? in the moment, maybe like a little bit before, and it's like getting there. Like I'm losing my patience, or I'm like, like on the what, brink of like, something. What you're about to do? That's wrong. Like that's no, bad. no. He's like it. Just is a voice, and it goes. Dang it. <laughs> And it's like, I don't know if the Holy Ghost says that phrase, but he says it to me. I'm pretty sure he says it to me all the time. I think, dang it, and you're an idiot. I think I hear those fairly often. Yeah. I don't think I hear the you're an idiot one as much. But but the dang it one, I'm always like, oh, okay, like, yeah, I went too far. Or, yeah, I lost my patience. Or, um, dang it, I forgot to read my scriptures or something Mm -hmm, That kind of stuff. That kind of stuff. And that helps me to, like, oh, yeah, like, yes, get back on target. So it's, like, brought up. Fairly quickly after you make your mistake. Right. Or during the mistake. Or during the mistake. Yeah. And then there's like a clear like... Like, bam. Dang it. Gotta repent. It's like the Holy Ghost sign. There's like a little like bad or good sign. Bad. <laughs> no, I feel like it's more like a face palm. Oh, it's like a... Like a uh, dang it. Yeah. Can you face palm so people can hear it? There we go. Do you hear it? <laughs> <laughs> James. Oh, so I love little bits of what both of you guys said, and I relate. I relate. Just little bits. No, no, no. <laughs> you didn't like the okay, big bits. <laughs> listen, I'm going somewhere with this. So, so I like what Emily said earlier about staying close to the spirit, and that's a big part of it to make sure that we're 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 staying, trying to stay to be a worthy temple to to receive the revelation that we need for our lives. And I really like what Andrew said about peace. I mean, that's something I've been given a lot of lately, and. And we we're promised that we can have a peace that surpasses understanding. And I think that if we if we do what we can to stay to stay to obtain that and to stay close to the spirit, that 
kind of like they were saying, we can we can know when we did something wrong, but we can also kind of start to identify our, our own patterns and the spirit can bring certain things to our attention. Like for me, if if I if I allow my anger to be triggered before that even happens, if I feel it come on and I, I say a little prayer, I just ask the spirit, please just just fill me with that peace that we've been talking about, then things just kind of become more more clear and more rationed for me to to kind of see my own my own patterns and the, the spirit can kind of take me out of my own limited perspective and help me realize, well, this is where this is really coming from. And this is, this is what you can do. And these are the thoughts that you can fill your mind with to, to take this in a different direction. So I think, of course, we're all still going to make mistakes and the spirit's going to let us know that we <laughs> messed up. Right. Yeah. But I think if we listen carefully enough, we can, we can prevent some of those mistakes or just some of those thinking errors before they even happen. Yeah. So I'm really interested in, hearing your perspective when it comes to uh more generally like your your culture and not just like uh i don't know not just like little things like being angry or or yelling or whatever it is uh but coming from a place of not being really religious Mm -hmm. to all of a sudden like believing in christ and being like fully committed yeah what was that process like of realizing like oh like i like this part of my culture is bad this part of my uh, this part of, or maybe not battle say this part of my culture needs to change needs to change so what was that like how did you figure that out um it for me it was kind of like a i we how much time do we have because just, no, just, this, just go just no, go for I, it just what what i will say is that um it was kind of like a the first the first experience i had with that and with that that kind of reflective kind of attitude that you're you're talking about it was like a kind of hit you all in the face type of experience. So <laughs> it, it wasn't like a oh slowly figuring it out. It was kind of it was kind of just like a, a rude awakening of you need to like you need to change some things. So whether it's and a lot of it just has to do with um realizing the the importance of self respect and how it how it directly relates to our relationship with our Heavenly Father. So mm-hmm. whether it's whether if that's not treating your body right by intoxicating yourself or by, you know, by not, not exercising, it's really that. So I guess self-respect, I don't know if that's a cultural thing, but I think that that's something that's very important that I needed to change. And I'm still oh, working that's, on that's it. Definitely, that's definitely, I think uh, that's definitely. an excellent point. Yeah. Uh, I think I'll, and I have a long way to go still, but not as, not as long as I did before. But <laughs> I mean, we all, we all, we all have. It's a process. Yes. It's yeah. definitely it's a, a process. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, I, I was thinking as you were talking about how, uh, for me, an example of this was when I went on uh, my mission, when I started my mission for my church, uh, I start and I became more spiritual. I started to realize like, oh, like I probably shouldn't have done that. Like, oh, that wasn't the best way to deal with that. And I'm trying to think of some specific examples. Uh, one example was entertainment. Like the type of entertainment I would take in, whether yeah. it was games or movies or music or whatnot, I had a much l- higher tolerance for uh, what I would call now like offensive media or media that's offensive to the spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I was on my mission, I, I realized like, I-, I would think back on periods of my life and I would realize, oh, that's not... That wasn't right. I need to change that in the future. And as a missionary for our church, it's a little different than being 
just a regular member of the church because we're totally separated from the world. Like we don't listen to music. We don't watch, we watch TV. Yeah. That that Southern accent came out. We don't watch TV. (laughs) Uh, We don't watch TV, et cetera, et cetera. And so it was, it was a really easy time for me to think about how I used to be and because I was separated from it. Mm -hmm. But when you're going through the conversion, we're all going through the conversion process all the time. But when you're kind of in the thick of it, like you were, you didn't have the benefit of being able to be like, take a time out from your life. Mm-hmm. Like your jobs, you still had to go to work. You still had to go to school. For you still sure. had to like, you know, do all the things you were regularly doing. Uh, how, was that difficult to like, have to like incrementally change your life while you're still in your life? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's, it can be very hard to, to change your habits or to, to go through, to go through a spiritual process of, of following the savior when you still you still have like you said the same environment you still have the same i guess triggers you could call them that that take you down the wrong the wrong path and that's that's how it's meant to be uh that's what i think i think it's you know we're supposed to put effort put effort into it and um so i think that that god wouldn't have it any other way Mm -hmm. that we we still need to we still need to to play our part in to to go about the same situations we we always have but figure out how to how to surpass some of those those stumbling points that we can't just remove like when you're a missionary mm-hmm. and I'm sure even when you're a missionary there's other there's other um things that you have to cope with so yeah. it's never there's never going to be a time when we're here that we're we're not going to have a trial but it's for our own good and yeah so it's never it's it's not like you you know you're converted and you recognize christ as your savior and you embark on that path uh or and you're baptized and then christ takes you and puts you like in a white room no no with no, with no influence it's like okay <laughs> it's like figure your life like out that. and then like come out and we'll give you a new life and you're kind of expected as a believer to like to, start your new life in the in life new, you are yeah so like you have to like the lord changes you and then he expects you to start changing your environment to match what's on the inside. Yeah, and what? there's a verse in the first chapter of James. I'm sorry if I butcher it, but it really it really reminds me of what you're talking about, where it says, um, count it as pure joy when you go through trials of, of all kind. And it that's, that's um, paraphrasing, but mm-hmm. that just, for me, it just goes to show that that God knew what he was doing when he put us here in this, in this fallen world. So, so yeah, you still have to, you don't get pull, pulled into, pull, pulled into a separate place where there's no, there's nothing that's going to make you struggle or fall short. But, and it's what you said about repentance too. I really enjoyed our conversation earlier today. That was, that was very enjoyable for me because when you, when you do mess up, you can't just, that's a that's such a great opportunity for Satan to to, to beat you down. Yeah, because yeah. that guilt that's not that's that's not what it's supposed to be. Of course, we're supposed to acknowledge that we messed up, but we have to we have to get up and we have to we have to apply the repentance and complete the process. Yeah. So there's another uh, verse. I, I'm sorry, not, let me can I just say this for yeah, a second? Go for it. There's there's a verse I really love. Um, that kind of embodies, I think, what, what you're getting at here. It's uh, Adam fell that men might be, and men are that they might have joy. Mm-hmm. And so, 
we, like the Lord does not create us to repent. Like repentance, or he did not create us so that we can be miserable and repenting and like constant and like constantly feeling terrible about ourselves. He created like we're we're meant to be happy, and repentance is part of the process of helping us be happy. And so as you go through this process of becoming better, you're supposed to find joy in becoming better and not find misery in realizing that you're not where you want to be yet. And I think that's right. a very difficult thing to to do all all the time. Yeah. And there's this concept of shame versus guilt that we talked about a little bit, I think, with Rochelle when we had her on in the first couple episodes, but um, how guilt is supposed to make you progress and to change. And once you've done that, let it go. Because anything after that is not guilt, it's shame. Yeah. And shame is from Satan. Right. And Satan, or Satan, uh, the Lord (laughs) has already paid for your sins and so you have to deal with the consequences of your sin like the physical consequences like if you're you know if you've been addicted to drugs your whole life we were talking about this again this morning if you're if you've been addicted to drugs or addicted to drugs your whole life uh, and then you repent the savior forgives you right away if you're doing what you're if if you are truly um, repenting but you still have to deal with the physical consequences of you know beating up your body for so long um, or still having that temptation, or yeah, so there's still having there, there's craving. still consequences, but there needs there's no need for shame anymore. Like the savior, well, took, there's no need for shame at all. Yeah, really, right, right. No need for shame. You ever. just need guilt until you can change, make the change, and then just let it go. Right. So there's no need for shame ever. Yeah. And there's no need for guilt anymore after that process, even if you're dealing with the physical res- uh, results of your of your actions, because the savior has taken away the need for that guilt and so we don't need to keep it in ourselves we are getting a little off topic we are but that was really good i like that um so let's talk a little bit about specifically um joining an existing body of believers Um, yeah so (laughs) we keep cutting each other out i'm sorry you good okay so me and andrew have been like raised in the same community of believers the whole our whole lives, lives. born into it. Yeah, for generations. Yeah, so I'm really interested to see and hear what James has to share because, like you said, you were born and raised in, like, a secular culture in the family, right? Right. So then, like, coming into first believing in Christ and then joining a community of believers, like, what was that like? It, and also feel free to ask us questions. I'll be on the other side. Oh, yeah, yeah because, for sure. I mean, because we don't know a, your side. And <laughs> yeah. Right. So we can we can talk about this together because from my side, it's it's definitely it's definitely interesting just when you when you join a specific denomination or, or community of believers, just, you know, you kind of feel a little bit on the outside. And that's nobody's fault. You know, nobody's trying to to make you to make you seem like you don't fit or anything like that but there's just natural things like especially joining joining the church that I joined the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints the the culture of family is so strong that you're it's not I, I'm 25 now and we've kind of gotten into a culture where we're slowly seeing people like get married at a later age and start having kids and at at a later point in life to where that that's what's normal to you and that's that's kind of the way things are done and then joining joining <laughs> joining this church uh at 24 and just seeing yeah. everybody my age just J- have james like, and i were the same age when he when he was when he joined the, our church and he was baptized and 
Emily and I had two kids at the time. Yeah. Already, so. and I'm just and I'm just single, having an early onset midlife crisis. <laughs> just, <laughs> no, but <laughs> no, but that's no. It's it's a great thing. It's a beautiful thing. But it's it's an adjustment just from the the rest of the world. So did, that's just did you that's feel, just one example. Did you feel like judged in that process though? Did you feel like you were looked down upon because you weren't like part of that, or did you feel like pressures? Or I'm a very introspective person, and I I read I read deep into every interaction with whether it be like with other people or with my own thoughts so yeah there were those moments of like me wondering like if I'm being judged or kind of trying to read especially when you join the church and you're meeting so many new or join any church and you're meeting so many new people you're gonna have an interaction or two where where you might or four where you might feel judged or maybe this person doesn't like me but you have to for me I just kind of had to check myself you know it's not always about me you don't know what's going on with the other person or how they you're just meeting them so you're kind of judging the way that they communicate with you so Mm -hmm. so yeah I do have encounters where I feel that but it I think it's if you're anything like me and you and you overthink things you gotta you gotta just remind yourself it's not it's not you know it's not always about you so they might not mean to make you think that way and I'll also add a lot of the people that not a lot. There weren't that many, but it was just a couple. But some of those interactions that I had where I maybe felt judged in the beginning, those people turned out to be amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. amazing, amazing people. So, so yes and no, but mostly no. Yeah. yeah. I think looking at it from our perspective, too, is, like, we don't always know who's new. You know, like, right. we don't always know... Yeah. Um, that you've only been a member of the church for like a week. Yeah, or like you, you, yeah. Don't, you don't walk up to people like, can you show me your membership card? Like, how long have you been a member? <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I think like that's an interesting perspective too, that like we don't always know like how long someone's been on their Finding Christ journey. Is there anything that's been really meaningful to you in this journey that you you feel like you want other people to hear? In, in what way? Would you um, say? Like, Maybe like the struggles or the fun aspects or whatever you want of, of joining a community of, exi- of believers who've been believers maybe their whole life or a long time. Um, so I imagine there's there's lots of people listening who are probably in that phase of life, mm-hmm. right? Uh, who are maybe struggling with it. Maybe they're doing great. Uh, or they're nervous to join a group of believers because they're afraid of this phase, what would you say to that person or those people? I would say that's perfectly understandable. Uh, change can be uncomfortable, but I think for me, it was just asking myself, is this, whether it's a change or not, is it, we always have to check the fruits, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so what are the fruits that this change would bear? And you can, you can do that by, by observing the people in your church community or or the community of believers and seeing what does it does it yield strong families does it yield strong friendship good service to others and and if it does then maybe maybe the change will be worth it even if it's a it seems like a cultural change or it seems like you have to make some sacrifices it it'll it'll be worth it i promise awesome that's great well i'm thinking about what it's like for or being like a long time member of our church, longtime believer, um, like bringing new people in. And mm-hmm. I am like constantly worried that like, they're going to be, a f- that, that like you're going to be offended or that like, they're not going to know what's going on or like what 
the jargon is or yeah, I mean, stuff like that. I mean, anytime you... I worry about that. Anytime someone tries some new experience, like if you, if you haven't been in this situation before or in a long time, think about the last time you went to... Like you brought like, anyone in to your hobby. Like... Yeah. Anyone that doesn't know your hobby well and you bring them to sit in on some sort of hobby that you like. Yeah. Like for me, it's like I love shooting. Like I, I'm a big... I like hunting and I like, like target shooting. Uh, and so we'll... Like, I'll take people out, and I'm using all these words, and I can just see it in their eyes. They're like deers in the, head, deers in the headlights. Like they have... <laughs> I'm just kind of funny because they're like shooting. Yeah. <laughs> well, they just have, like, I'm saying these words, and I can tell that it's, it's like, they don't, they're not getting it. Um, but I feel the same way um, when Emily and I went to do one of those arts and crafts type date night things. You know what I'm talking about? The, uh, the pottery thing mm-hmm. about? Oh, like a color me mine? Yeah, yeah. Those kind of things. And Emily is a fantastic artist. And so she sit, we sit down and she's like, oh yeah, do this, this, and this to make it look good. And I just looked at her and was like, what in the world are you talking and about? And I was looking at him like, why don't you get it? <laughs> yeah. And she's like, but she just kind of mixed the colors like this. I'm like, what? What? Like, how do you get the, these two colors to make this one color that looks totally different than either of them? Um, but it was, it was like totally, I felt like an idiot. And that was something so small. But joining a, a new, or joining a group of believers when either you're not a believer or you're from a different denomination is even more all-encompassing than learning how to paint or learning how to shoot or right. or snowboard or whatnot. So I think, oh, sorry. I just think like on both sides, caution has to be taken. Like from the side of the longtime believer, like you have to... Maybe be aware that not everybody is thinking the same yeah. way as you or um, has the same experiences or perspective. And then from the other side, being aware that that per- other person might not be doing that. So maybe don't take offense to everything that yeah. they're doing. And I, I think I one worry I have, another worry, I guess another worry I have is I want to be extremely helpful and... Like with James, when he first started coming to church, I wanted to be super helpful and like let you like, be proactive about telling you, okay, so this means this. Like when people are doing this, like this is what it means. This is why they're doing it. Like these are general cultural things, but I didn't want to make you feel like an idiot because sometimes like if you already knew. Yeah, because like, like, James is very proactive about learning things, and so he was always he always knew things. Uh, that surprised me some sometimes, and so I was nervous to tell him things proactively. Uh, but then I was also nervous not to say anything because I didn't want you to feel like overwhelmed by everything that was going on. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes that makes pretty good sense. Did you notice that at all? <laughs> yeah, I definitely did. Um, I I don't know. There were some things like I, I definitely always appreciate appreciate the. The, um, you know, the things that you told me and, you know, making sure that even if it was something I already knew, that just kind of, that kind of showed me what your intentions were and where your heart was of wanting to make me feel included and and welcome. So even if it's something I already knew, it's like, wow, this, this person's really going out of their way to help me. So I don't know if that's how everybody's mind worked, but that's just where my mind was at. Awesome. Well, I'm glad. To know. I'm glad that happened. So yeah. you, if you're out there and you know somebody's joining your community of believers, reach out to them, and try and maybe talk a little bit specifically about, or talk about what specifically people did to help you feel included, to help you feel like a part of the community. So some things that people 
did to make me feel a part of the community is um I would say just making sure if there were if there was an event that was going on there were, there was always multiple people that that came up to me and let me know which that definitely makes you feel feel wanted um or feel like you belong especially you know if there's just something going on and nobody because before i came to your church there were a lot of churches that i went to like literally just every week at one point i was trying a different denomination just because you know i was trying to figure out where where i belonged yeah i had a home church that i was going to before but i just i want i had this longing for for connection that i just wasn't finding in there was nowhere that i really found that where it was you know everyone there were multiple people telling you about everything that was going on, just making sure that you knew. And it, it was definitely a different experience for me. So I like what you said. Um, you know, if anybody's listening, um, I wouldn't be timid about thinking you're you're bothering somebody who's new because they might be feeling lonely or like they don't fit. So I don't think even if you're the second person to, to go over to them and try to talk to them or invite them somewhere or let them know what's going on. I think I think they'll appreciate it. So I think that's good. Yeah. yeah that's such an awesome perspective. I've yeah. just been kind of in awe over here. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be interested to talk to you in maybe a year or so. Um, because I feel like, there, in, at least in my mind, there's a, per, a point where someone's been a member of the church long enough. And I uh, have put a ton of attention on them. Because I think the first year maybe the first few at least the first several months maybe a year of your time in a, a new body of believers can be very stressful it can be very hard to make those switches that you need to make to become part of that community um but then after that it gets easier um and so this might be terrible and i'm sorry if it's the wrong thing but i often think okay like that person now is a little more like uh a little more like self-sufficient. Yeah, he's like he's more capable. Like, like I don't. He doesn't need me. Yeah, like I don't need to be as engaged in making him feel wanted. Like now he's just part of the community, and I don't have to be like actively engaged in uh, incorporating him into the community. And have you felt that at all yet, or is that like a little bit past you right now? Or still? As far as people not engaging me as much. Yeah, are people feeling like okay, like. James is he's got it like he's he's solid now like I don't have to put as much attention on him like I'll put as much I'll put like also, natural like, yeah it's it's still more natural yeah natural uh, of course we're supposed to have those relationships and I, I don't yeah. think just because you know just because someone's been around for a while means you have to like fall Forget off the them. map with them yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> no but I see what you're saying and I have noticed it and I actually appreciate it because like even even as much as I loved you know in the beginning people making me making me feel like I belonged or showing me that they cared I also I, I'm very independent. Like I hate people feeling like they need to help me too much. It, it, it's awkward for me. I don't really like it. So now that people kind of let me do my own thing a little more, it's I, I, I've appreciated you, it. But probably, I think I think you, you feel like more a part of the community now that people are like, okay, like like it's more. Like, yeah, I think so. But I think it's all about um, it's all about kind of gauging each person's individual needs because everyone's different. Not sense, everybody's yeah. going to be me. So maybe somebody. If if even if they've been around for a while, if you if you can tell they don't they don't feel like they fit or they're not making friends easily or or whatever it is, I, I don't think there's there's any harm in being that person um, right. because obviously God wants somebody to be that person for them. So yeah. why not you? Totally. Yeah. yeah. And I I was really hoping listeners that we could give you like an easy fix for all situations like this. But as James said, like people are different. Like everyone. Um, has different needs. Everyone has different wants. 
but luckily, Heavenly Father knows all of his children. Uh, he knows exactly what their needs are. Listen to the Spirit. Uh, the same process we talked about um, that we need to go through as we examine ourselves, examine our own personal culture um, to become closer to Christ is the exact same process we need to go through to determine what we need to do to help people become full-fledged members of our community of believers. Because, uh, like James said, everyone's an individual and they have individual needs. They have different preferences, different personalities, but Heavenly Father knows them. And he really wants them to feel loved and he wants you to be engaged in making other people feel loved. So if you listen, he will, I promise you, he will give you answers. He will tell you what you need to do to help those people. Yeah, that's been perfect. Okay, so I think I think we can wrap up. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's good. It's I think been like heavy content. I feel I like know. we could go on. I, I feel like on. we could talk. Every time I have a conversation with James, I feel like we could talk for hours. So yeah. Okay, Maybe. but we won't now. No, we will not now. <laughs> we Sorry. will not talk for hours now. Yeah. Cool. So if you like what you're hearing, remember to subscribe, leave us a review, and also the reviews are different from the little stars. If you're, I mean, I haven't really checked out the other platforms, but on Apple Podcasts. There's the stars the and rating, the Rating, which is the stars. Yeah. So rate and subscribe. Yeah, and yeah. review. Because yes, that review. all helps us to reach um, a greater audience so that other people can come closer to Christ and get those practical things that we can be doing to strengthen ourselves and our families. Yeah, so James, thank you so yeah, much. Thank you, thank you for having me. Um, so James is actually getting ready to go on a mission. Yes. He's going to do what we did. So he will be gone for two years. Two he, years. He, he doesn't know quite yet where he's going. Uh, but we can uh, put some show notes or put some information in the show notes to help you follow his journey if that's something you guys would be interested in. Would that be something you'd be okay with, James? For sure. Okay, yeah, I just like threw that off the cuff. I was like, I don't know if it's okay with this. That was James' personal life. Yeah. Well, again, thanks, James, for being with us. It was awesome. Thank you so much. All right, guys. Well, see ya. Keep the faith.